Hello and welcome to another beautiful Friday on Speaking for Him. I'm Dan Van Zalen and here's Andrew Gomison. Hello, Dan. Today on the show, we are going to uh, finish up our series on the things we have in Christ. And today we're going to talk about I may approach God with boldness. It's a great um, thing that we as believers and children of God can approach him, the very creator, with our wants and our needs. And so we're going to discuss that in a little bit of detail today. So could you give us our quote of the day? Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews 4.16 I love the fact that it speaks of coming boldly before the throne of grace. Because it's one thing to to think about coming before a ruler or the God of the universe with knees knocking, but it's another thing <laughs> to feel like, hey, I can not only can I come to God, but I can come to Him boldly. So I thought that was a good kickoff verse for our discussion today. Do you have any thoughts before we get into uh, more of the details? Uh, only irreverent ones, so we'll skip those. All right, I won't even ask what that was about, but we will move on. And uh, the first point I want to talk about is faith is a requirement to come to God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. All right, and... Again, this is one of those uh, verses. Uh, there's a, there's several of them in the scriptures that are pretty uh, self-explanatory on one hand, but are also really deep on another hand. Um, on one hand, as someone who has grown up in the church, I've I've always had a pretty keen grasp on this verse. At least I felt like I had. Uh, but I was taken aback a little bit a few years ago. I think it was back in 2009 when I was working at Guiding Light Mission, downtown Grand Rapids. Um, a, one of my guys that I was working with, one of the men in the program, said, "What does it? Why does it say you must believe that God is? Why? Why? What does it mean? God is? What is God? Or why, why does it say that it's important to know what um, that God is?" And I thought about it for a minute, and I, I kind of realized as I was sitting there, I believe God gave me the words to say, that the reason it talks about believing God is and how important that is, is because everything that's good and worth knowing, God is. Mm-hmm. God is love. God is justice. God is kindness. God is gentleness. Everything that's good that we can think of, every positive quality we can think of, God is. And so I've always thought of back on that conversation because it's informed um, sermons that I've done and, and podcasts that I've done as I move forward, just thinking about the vastness of what that means. There's also a, a second part to it if you if you stop to think about it. Um, during that time period— and during earlier when Israel was its own country, and even now, there's a lot of people that believe in quote unquote gods, you know, like the Shinto, pan- Shinto pantheon, you know, the Greek pantheon, all that kind of bull. But we also worship, you know, other material things. And 
<clears throat> a long for a lot of time, it was really easy for people to believe, oh, there's a god that uh, controls only night lightning or what have you. But so it became really easy just to throw a prayer, like you know, the saying "By Jove" is actually a prayer to Jupiter or Zeus. So it was, became really simple for people to say, you know, my God or by God or what have you. And so Paul's saying here is you got to believe that God actually is. It's not just an empty thing you're saying. It's interesting that you mentioned Paul. Um, a lot of people think that Paul wrote this letter. Uh, there's some debate with scholars as to whether Paul actually wrote Hebrews. I have no problem believing that perhaps he did. But it is a little bit different in style from his other epistles. And it's also interesting that if he did write it, it's the only one where he doesn't take credit for ownership in the first couple verses, yeah. which I find interesting. He just gets right into the theology. So, yeah, well, in any case, Paul said things like this before, you know, said things like what's in Hebrew but, and to his people around him anyway. So, <laughs> yes, he, he did. He did. I'm just saying it's interesting you bring that up because I have heard it before and I have thought about it. So. I've also heard that it was uh, possibly Peter who wrote Hebrews. That's a possibility too. Um, all right. Christ is my access. And that he might reconcile both unto God and one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we have both access by one spirit unto the Father. Ephesians 2, 16 through 18. All right. So basically this is uh, talking about how what our state was before we were saved and what our state is now. We were far away from God. We were, we were um, as far away as you can get actually. And then he, uh, he brought us close to him. And I think it also speaks to the to the bringing together of the Jews and the Gentiles too, because it talks about those that were afar off and those that were nigh, you know, and how we're all put together in one. So I think it's it's talking about that that relationship as well. Mm-hmm. How there's only one church, there's not two factions, even though well, actually, even though in our human way of thinking, there's a lot of factions. There, there's only one true, true church. So we're all brought together by the sacrifice that Jesus made. Yep. And thinking of the factions we made in the pure sense, purest sense of what they were originally supposed to be. Like when they started splitting off, it's basically just different ways of worshiping, you know, different focuses to be honest. It it is. There's a lot of, there's a lot of that. Like the CRC is basically all focuses on the head knowledge (laughs) and the Orthodox is a little more of the myth, mythicism and, you know, feeling. And the Pentecostals even more feeling. <laughs> so, but there are a lot of varying uh, denominational uh, ways that you can go, which yes. was the point of this discussion. But if you, but the true measure of a a believer is that they trust Jesus as Savior and we can all meet around that as a core belief because Jesus wanted us all to be one. That's what he prayed in his last prayer before going to the cross. So Mm -hmm. if I draw near to God, he will draw near to me. 
Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. James 4, 8. All right, and this uh, is a really good one. My dad tells me a story about when he was in high school, um, and there was a poster on the wall. I think he said it was at the high school. Public schools were a lot more open to faith back then. Mm-hmm. And he said there was a poster that said, if you feel far away from God, guess who moved? The idea being <laughs> God doesn't go anywhere, but we can distance ourselves from God by the way we choose to live our lives or the way that we um, choose to ignore his word. Um, and so uh, the idea is that if we uh, want to draw near to God, he will be more than willing to draw near to us because he's always there waiting for that. Mm-hmm. And I've always been really encouraged by this passage of, of Scripture. I just need to be reminded about it more often. That is true. And in relation to the poster at your father's school, I'm sure there's plenty of people who found that confusing. <laughs> um, it might have been a little bit confusing, uh, but if you stop and think about it, it does make sense. Um, because It makes sense because, if you already have some knowledge of it, yeah. Because, I mean— because if it's it it was definitely a message for the believer it wasn't a message for the lost the lost um the lost doesn't know god so they can't have that experience of saying god moved cuz they don't comprehend god but but for the believer i think that was the message that it was trying to drive home if 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 you're a believer and you feel like god has left you Know that that's not true. It's a theological inaccuracy to say that. So the only conclusion that we can come to if we're honest with ourselves is that we have distanced ourselves from him because he's always there for us. Mm-hmm. All right. If I seek God, I will find him. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew 7, 7. This one is extremely important for me. They're all important, but this one in particular is for the simple fact of this, that I I hear a lot of people in the news and in different forms of media say that they're seeking the truth and and they go to through different religions and they're trying and they're supposedly trying to find the truth. But Jesus says, if you seek, you will find. It's a guarantee. So if you're truly seeking truth, if you're truly seeking God, he will make himself known to you. For Paul, it was appearing to him on the road to Damascus. I, I've i heard uh, recent stories about him doing that for Muslims in Muslim countries. Mm-hmm. And so I have no doubt um, if he did it in the Bible, he can do it today. Um, for Thomas, it was appearing in the upper room and saying, thrust your hands into my side, thrust your fingers into the holes in my my hands, you know, so he will make himself known to those who want to to know him. Yep. Just look at a case for Christ by that uh, investigative reporter. He oh. was trying to disprove the Bible and he proved it to himself instead. And there's actually a long list of people that have done that. Um, Josh yeah. McDowell being one of those, the guy who wrote evidence that demands a verdict. And then... Uh, uh, Craig James, the the local weatherman from News A, he had a similar experience where he was going to open his Bible to try to prove God wrong, and 
God gloriously saved him. Lee Strobel, like you mentioned. Um, so God is in the is in the life changing business, and and if you read His Word, uh, it's going to prove true. And and uh, sure, there are people that read it and they stay blind, but there's a lot of people that read it and God opens the truth to them, and they become forever changed. So, you bet. And then. Finally, someday we will be with him physically forever. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. First Thessalonians four seventeen through 18 one one of the things I like about the scriptures is it so often speaks in the definitive article. He doesn't he doesn't talk about this as if it's a metaphor. It won't. He said it won't be. It's not like it will be like him coming back. It's not like it will be like seeing him again. He says you will see him. The Lord Himself will descend, and because of this scripture, we can have comfort when our loved ones. I have gone on before us that we will see them again. Uh, today, as of this recording, marks one year since my grandfather passed away. And oh. so I've kind of been re- reliving that today. And, you know, I saw the post I made a year ago today on my Facebook memories. And I, I've seen my siblings post different things throughout the day. And it's been a really rough day for that reason. But knowing that he has the hope of eternal life means that I can be happy and rejoice in the fact that he is with the Lord and that I will see him one day again. Yep. That is the best comfort. All right. Well, I believe that is all we have time for today, but I hope that you have enjoyed this series on our identity in Christ. And I hope it encourages you to realize that you are valuable, that you have a lot of resources at your uh, disposal in this Christian life, and that you will go forth and reach others uh, with the light of Jesus as a result of listening to this show. Um, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 